the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, here we are. It's a Monday. Sun's up. Means we got another 24 hours, hopefully. Sure hope that that's the case. Good to have you along. I'm glad to be back. I keep telling everybody I went to CPAC, but I only went across the Potomac once. All right, so I didn't get in. Uh, yeah, went Which over and had lunch with, with uh, Senator Bozeman, and that was fun, and, and talking with them, and uh, had a really nice visit with Sarah uh, as well, who uh, does a good job being his handler. And then I went back to uh, Gaylord and stayed there. Mm-hmm. I, I do not want to be in D.C. if I don't have to be. <laughs> it's not the safest place in the world anyway. They don't, they don't uh, want you to carry a gun, do they? Yeah, well, they said, uh, I just was reading an article today. Now, it was red state, so I'll, you know, meh, maybe. But anyway, red state said, you know, the, the, the people who attended was way down and, and all that. Well, I'm going to tell you why that's happened. It's real. They did touch on it. There's like 50 of these things now during the course of the year. I mean, Charlie Kirk has mm-hmm. had a couple of them. Uh, you've got, uh, I'm trying to think of who else. There were several other people that had meetings like this. And it's an off-year election time. Everybody's gearing up for next year. Uh, the president, the former president was there, and former President Trump. And I'm sure I wasn't there Saturday. I left. So I wouldn't be there Saturday when he showed up, not because I don't like Trump. I just don't like the huge crowds that it mm-hmm. draws. And uh, I'm sure they had a good crowd for him, you know, to hear him. But DeSantis didn't come, and, you know, a lot of the other names didn't come. And But there was a lot of good stuff for everybody to learn for. Best interview the whole time I was there, Paul, and, uh, and R.D., you'd love this. By the way, we got a special guest in the out in the studio and I'll introduce you in just a second. <laughs> anyway, I had Nan Sue on and he's wow. been on my show mm-hmm. several times from uh, you know the, the folks at Epic Times and he was to put a face to a voice and uh, actually medium was a real uh, pleasure for me and man did he have a lot to say. We held on to that interview, didn't we Aaron? With Nan Sue. We got him about China. Oh boy he laid it out. He laid it. he said it's coming. It's coming. That's what I want to talk about. They were interviewing a lot of people, I think, there while they were there about trying to convince people how much better freedom is than communism. And yep. trying, they're trying to rally the troops in China. Yeah, they, they're well, trying to there's rally no the doubt troops. about that. Hang on, because uh, that that interview, if you haven't heard it, you can go back and listen to it. You should listen to it. I'm mm-hmm. just telling you. So how uh, are they getting by with that in China If with the Chinese government? Getting by by what? Preaching freedom. Well, they let them preach it to a certain point. Okay. 
you have the freedom to follow the CCP. How's that? That's pretty. That's they, could be, they, they say that they're risking their lives by listening to it. Oh, if, yeah. they get, oh, yeah. if they get told, you know, like a member of the family or one of their friends tells on them, they could lose their life by being by being told on that their whole family to this. can yeah. lose their life. Exactly. Wow. So it, people are risking their life to listen to a freedom based radio show you want to know what else they can they can lose their life over and i had a gentleman on talked about it and that is being a christian over in china not easy folks it ain't it ain't easy they've got some state churches but they're state churches they're state churches that's exactly all right in the studio i was surprised i didn't know this was going to happen and we got uh, congressman french hill here in the studio he's back home Uh, i guess you guys are taking a break right now we go back in the morning no, you oh, go wow. back tomorrow. Go back in the morning. <laughs> okay, but well. it's good to be good to be home uh, after a couple of weeks of being up in the swamp. The swamp, and I'm sorry I missed seeing you face to face at CPAC. It was a hectic week last week, and then we had our operational <laughs> difficulty in trying to talk. Well, it's week. not the easiest thing in the world to get. It. it doesn't seem like it would be tough to go the short distance from D.C. to Gaylord over on the other side in Maryland uh, for CPAC, but it is. Yeah. Especially in the morning, that traffic is just unbelievable. Yeah. It's incredible. So, I get a big surprise, and Congressman shows up here today. And you've been in Japan, you've been in South Korea. Uh, I wanted to talk about that because I spent a lot of time talking, like I said, with Nan Su, and he said Korea has increased their defense spending. They want a nuclear weapon so they can protect themselves. He said, and Japan. Well, we all know Japan is spending an inordinate amount now to build up their military. Talk a little bit about that, yeah. if you would. Well, it's good to be here in studio with uh, good friends. Um, yeah, this is important. I think the out the uh, tease that you've given is perfect because in Korea, Korea is the second largest military in uh, in Asia, uh, free country military right. to Australia, and they play an enormous role uh, for us there. And the American nuclear umbrella, which covers Korea, is something that is supported by the Korean people. Seventy percent of uh, South Koreans want to have a nuclear weapon. And the Korean government's explaining, well, you have one by virtue of the United States. And so that conversation is very interesting domestically. We've got a conservative government in Seoul now, uh, Yoon. uh, And they are celebrating all over the city. You see the number 70 and that's because they're commemorating the armistice, 70 years of partnership with the U.S. Uh-huh. military across the city of Seoul. And uh, you mentioned uh, Japan and uh, former President, uh, Prime Minister Abe, who was assassinated yep. last year, uh, had set the standard that increased military because of the threat of China. And they've now formalized that in the Kushida government has set a target of 2% of GDP for the military, and they're buying U.S. defensive weapons, Patriot batteries, uh, and some offensive weapons, and are certainly uh, on the same page with us in the island chain from uh, Okinawa and Guam to Japan. Well, Nansu said, and I, I, I can kind of paraphrase it, that China's getting ready for something. They've increased their military spending by almost 8%. That's a lot. I don't know. It's not dollars, whatever it is. It's that about two hundred twenty billion dollars, but it's um, they're growing their defense budget faster than their economy, 
in the past decade, they've had dramatic increases in both air, space, uh, Navy, all uh, much of it both deterrent, meaning defensive, but much of it projective force, too, because of Taiwan. Okay, so they're close now to having the biggest Navy in the world. Uh, I think they've got like 330 ships to our 320 ships or something. But within the next two years, they're going to have like 450 ships to our 320 and ships. Are they building, are they building nuclear power? <coughs> of course. Oh, wow. So they're, they're, they're getting ready. They're high tech. They're getting ready. Wow. And, and Nansen said Taiwan is the key. It is the fulcrum of everything because if they take Taiwan, they control the whole South China Sea. That means they can cut off Japan. They can cut off South Korea. And then they can turn their attention to Australia. That was some pretty eye-opening stuff he talked about. Yeah, I think their strategy is aggressive. We've seen their diplomatic, military, and uh, economic strategies are to project force, to dislodge the uh, rules-based order, Mm -hmm. which is not a bureaucratic statement. It means dislodge uh, Western values, Mm -hmm. dislodge the United States and Europe as as the leading powers in the world. This is a stated objective. And that's why they've been militarizing the South China Sea. They want to say that's their pond and no one can transit it. And we have a goal with China, Korea, the Philippines, Vietnam, Malaysia, Singapore, of a free and open, prosperous Southeast Asia, South China Sea. But that's why you see them militarizing these small atolls along that first island chain, that's been going on for 15 years yep. in conjunction with the building of this navy and if you want to if if you think uh, this is potential exaggeration look at what they're saying i mean they're saying they're going to teach taiwan a painful lesson now they pivoted this week and said of course anything they do with taiwan would be mutual and peaceful but that's in what january they said about hong kong yeah uh, Hong Pearl, Kong, Pearl Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> Hong Kong was the wake-up call, I think, uh, to Europe here, and then of course the surveillance society that China's building through Huawei technology, and even in the Wall Street Journal today, there's a story about the cranes that are in our ports. Something like two-thirds of the cranes for lifting uh, cargo off giant ships are made in China, and they now uh, potentially contain surveillance information mm. in them. That would be pretty easy, too, wouldn't it? <laughs> so uh, this is a serious matter. The U.S. is taking it seriously. And I think our biggest challenge, Dave, is, is um, getting our allies to take it as seriously as Korea and the Philippines and Japan are, meaning Europe. And I hope that this Russian invasion of Ukraine is a wake-up call to Europe. Well, I wonder if Europe even sees China as a threat. They see China flexing their muscle over in the South China Sea and in the Straits over there. And they're not worried about that. They're more worried about the bear, the Russian bear, across the the border from them and how much their oil is going to cost them and things of that nature. True, but now China is, uh, you know, potentially engaged in supporting Russia. Yeah, China's buying up all their oil. So. (laughs) At cheap prices, too. And that's the only thing that has kept China at bay for so many years is they do not have the natural resources like the United (laughs) States has. And China would be a, a great help for them as far as you know, uh, oil goes. Yeah. And by the way, they're not afraid to use it. Yeah, and don't don't forget, Belt and Road is not a uh, altruistic 
development project to help poor countries in Africa and South America develop. Oh, no. It is a strategic, economic, predatory, lending, neo-colonial strategy to do what? Obtain those strategic minerals, coal, natural gas, oil, uh, other minerals necessary for defense technology. That's why they're trying to dominate uh, Djibouti and the Congo. Africa, all over Africa. Because there's a lot of stuff in Africa that if if their society was more functional, it would just be probably a, a very booming area from all the resources that are there right okay so so what do we do with china um you can't totally disengage from them but it would seem to me we've got to disengage a law a large part of our supply chain from them. yeah so in tokyo and in seoul our meetings were about uh, defense uh, strategic partnership and rebuilding our resilient supply chains which is a euphemistic way to say we've got to cut our dependency on china for our supply chain that's a goal here in the united states too in the private sector and in the public sector <clears throat> and that's why mccarthy our speaker of the house has created this select committee on countering the chinese communist party he specifically doesn't say china he says the Chinese the Communist CCP, Party. Yes. And we've got to uh, have that strategy to disengage uh, our critical technology first, I would argue, things that benefit them building platforms to attack Americans. And then I think in private business, you're going to see people move their furniture manufacturing to make sure you have an attractive, affordable a wooden bed from China to Malaysia or Philippines or some other country, and you're going to see that accelerate. One last question. Nansu was talking about this, and he said, how much money does our government give to China? Well, there's two ways to look at it. One is trade, and we have a $300 billion-plus trade deficit with China. So those are dollars that they've earned in excess of what uh, we buy from them, okay? And then secondly, capital flows, which is going to be a key element of this select committee, which is money that we lend to China or that we give to China through the capital markets, buying stocks in China, lending money in China on the global capital market. And that's, you know, hundreds of billions, uh, if not, you know, close to a trillion dollars of American dollars owned in Chinese companies broadly. And again, what's, what is that? It's based on our 20-year-ago strategy, yeah. which is now not working. So we have to rethink it. Yeah. It was a good strategy when it happened. It was logical. Everybody thought, hey, if we bring capitalism to China... You would get behind the bamboo curtain. That's what everybody think, was saying, was but I never every, believed it. Well, I believe that I it could. Believe, yeah. I believe that it could, but the bottom line is it didn't. And uh, the we have CCP, to take the government over. It's their, it's their job. The CCP, yeah. Yeah. 22 years shy of the end of the 100-year plan of Mao. All right, he started in 1945. So 2045, 22 years from now, I'm just telling you, they're gearing up for something. It just seems uh, seems very plausible to me. Congressman's going to be with us for the half hour. We'll be back in just a moment. Quick break. I'm Dave Ellswick. Glad to be back from, uh, you know, over by the swamp. I was too close. I could uh, every once in a while the the wind would shift and we could smell. So uh, it's the Dave Ellswick show here on 101.1 FM. The answer. Congressman, uh, of course, French Hill is in the studio today. Big, big surprise. I wasn't expecting that. I had talked to the people last week, and I knew that he, I thought he was going to call in. 
but it's good to have him here in studio. It's always great to be able to be face-to-face and talking. R.D. brought this up during the break. It's something I talked to Nan soon about, uh, and that is the Chinese buying up so much land in the United States. I know they're buying up farmland here in our state, but here's what's bad. They start buying up land next to Little Rock Air Force Base. Do we want that to happen? I don't think so. So let's talk to the congressman. Critical issue. It's an issue I get wherever I travel in the state. It's a hot topic that I know uh, all three of you hear about. Two comments. Uh, One, I think we ought to have hearings uh, at the state capitol here about that and assess, you know, what is the uh, foreign ownership of land in Arkansas specifically and what's the, you know, what's the legal process for that and get the legislature to uh, assess, you know, how they feel about that. What should they do about it? Nationally, I think it's something like less than 1% or so of uh, agricultural land is owned by offshore people. Uh, But it's important to know that some states uh, ban it altogether. You know, like uh, in the Midwest, big successful farming states like Nebraska and Iowa, if my memory's right, uh, facilitate only individuals' ownership, no corporate ownership, no foreign ownership. I could be wrong about that, but that's a sign that state laws vary. And on your point about uh, strategic locations, that's a big deal. That is supposed to be monitored by the Defense Department. We actually have a law on the books prohibiting, well, I shouldn't say prohibiting, requiring a review before the transfer is made of any land purchased by a foreigner from any location near a strategic location. You may remember the one that got the news big time was, I think, one of the Middle Eastern countries, Qatar or UAE, tried to buy the port at San Diego yes. back during the Bush administration, uh-huh. and that was blocked. Yeah. And so uh, this is a hot topic now, and, you know, the fourth largest supportry, I mean, uh, protein producer in the country is owned by the Chinese, Smithfield. Uh, and uh, in the Wall Street Journal today, we have a story about cranes at port facilities that two-thirds of those are sold by a Chinese company, and they could have data surveillance capabilities in the cranes. So all these things require federal government involvement. Uh, we have existing laws to do it, and I think the question for those of us in Congress is, are you doing that oversight, and are we blocking those? And can we communicate that to the American people so they have a confidence factor that we are reviewing a land purchase near a military base or a strategic facility, and we are blocking it. We are taking public, you know, input from it. So how how worried are you about, I mean, federally and, and statewide, uh, TikTok now is being not allowed to be on state devices, federal devices. But, my God, about every kid in the United States yeah. has TikTok on their phone. <laughs> it's such a good question. Yesterday I, I was doing the Fox show at noon and uh, Eric asked me, he says, uh, well, what can we do individually about changing the su- uh, China supply chain or to push back against China? I said, get TikTok off your home Wi-Fi. It is. Uh, People a, don't understand, Congressman. They don't, they don't want to understand because we've, we've grown up for the last 25 years with the Internet as a tremendous benefit to our jobs and our lives. We couldn't even have this show as informed as it is without the Internet. Yeah, you're right. But Huawei's technology has been blocked by uh, the democracies because it's a surveillance technology. And I hate to report to you, TikTok has a surveillance technology capability. And let me say one other thing, big picture. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.